Okay, hi everyone. Um, I am not for the last time interrupting this podcast to have a quick chat with you. Um, if you didn't know already, we are all based in Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, you probably know that some gnarly stuff went down in Christchurch very, very recently. Um, just last Friday, in fact, and um. And it didn't feel right to start this episode without acknowledging that. First of all, I guess most importantly, we just want to express our condolences and our love and our support for the victims of the attack that happened in Christchurch. Our Muslim community was attacked in the most violent and foul way. It's really hard to put this stuff into words actually but our thoughts are with you 100% it's affected us all everyone on the team really badly and as these things do it led us to wonder whether we should stick to our little schedule whether we should carry on whether we should release our episode today the release date of this episode being Monday the 25th of March 2019 but we did a bit of talking we did a bit of thinking and as much as it sounds like a cliche and it's appalling that it's become a cliche but to it's inescapably the world that we live in if we quit if we stop doing it if we don't release an episode then then what then hate wins right so we decided no this is stuff we believe in and important stuff and we want to do it we want to we want to put this out so we're sticking to our schedule and secondly because of who we're talking to Sonia Renee Taylor and because of what she talks about having a lot to do with love versus hate we figured actually maybe it's a good idea to release this now there's obviously some of the usual stuff in there as well. We we start by talking about our bodies and then in the interview with Sonia, as I've mentioned, you're going to hear some chat around love versus hate. You're also going to hear some chat about privilege. Okay, so I guess I guess trigger warning, the words white supremacy are mentioned, not in the context of what's happened, but they are mentioned. And I mentioned that because when I was sitting editing it, I heard those words and I went, oh shit, okay, wow, this is happening. Um, and I just wanted to bring that to your attention. It's just a fleeting mention, but it's there. We also talk about what it means to be a Kiwi, which is so super pertinent right now. But you know what? The end of the episode is just really lovely. It's just really nice. So we just wanted to put something at the start of this episode to acknowledge what's happened, to acknowledge the people that it's happened to and the city it's happened to and the country it's happened to and actually just the world it's happened to, I suppose. But I'm going to stop this message there and I'm just going to drop in to the episode where it would have started had nothing happened last Friday. I hope you enjoy. Much love to you all. Be nice to each other talk to people and let love conquer hate I suppose is the is the thing okay the episode starts now are you sure you're not don't just want to stop now and get some food no are you flaking no okay let's do it Cool Bodies Club is a monthly podcast that celebrates bodies because we believe that all bodies are cool bodies this episode was recorded on the 3rd of February, 2019. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Mike. Hi, Gemma. Kia ora, Mike. 
Um, you guys have to say hello because otherwise it's awkward now. Hi, Sarah. Good, good. Hi. Good. Um, look at us. Look at us recording a podcast. I like the catering. Thank you. I did a really good job. Just I cannot for believe. Snack, snacking it up hard. <gasps> My snack game is so on at the moment. It's very strong. It's pretty, pretty, pretty chic. Um, <laughs> Gemma. Yes. Where's your body at? I'm so disappointed in my body this oh, week. No. I am super disappointed because I went to get my ears, earwax removed. I went to get oh. earwax removal. And uh, I thought I was a very, I thought I had a lot of wax inside my ears. I was super excited. I'm just like, they're going to pull chunks. I'm going to video this and put it on YouTube and get millions of views. You know, I was really thinking that I was going to be surprised and excited and grossed out by my body, and I totally wasn't. I had nothing in there, basically. <laughs> Just around the entrance to my ear holes, I had a little bit. Because, you know, when you oh, stick your finger in and you scrape it, and you're like, ugh, gross. Mm. And Hazel, my partner, is always just like, oh, you've got so much gross earwax. And so I was like, I am going to be just their favorite patient because she's going to be like. So I get in there and Ina, lovely Ina, um, goes and it sounds quite ear-like. I know, it's basically ear. (laughs) Uh, And she had a look inside my ear and she's like, there's not a lot in there, Gemma. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, she said, she said, Gemma, I'm sure you've got a lot of talents, but producing earwax is not one oh! of them. And I was just like, ah! Burn. I know, it was <laughs> such a sick burn. When you want validation from your earthologist. <laughs> and, so and they burn you. I thought I was going to have a really great story, but really, I just had a real... Were you thinking it was going to be like one of those blackhead extraction videos on YouTube yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> what? Is that a thing? Yeah. My. I don't, I don't down... watch them because I cannot deal. But... I mean, I'm I'm a man who's been down... A number of YouTube holes, but that's not one I've been down. I've not found, I've not stumbled across that one yet. Oh, I'm really sad for you. I'll have to go looking for it now. Oh, it's everywhere, and that's that's a big, it's a big hole bigger than all the black head holes you'll see. <laughs> no, that didn't really work. <laughs> anyway, so my body has been a bit disappointing this week. How's your body, Sarah? Where's your body at, Sarah? My body is sore. Why? Because I went to see my personal trainer yesterday for the first time in six months. Uh-huh. Oh, was... they wouldn't have been happy about that. <laughs> oh, you were set up I... to get punished there, yes. Yeah. So mm. sorts about it. Yeah, I was set up to get punished. And I was punished. But it was amazing. I lifted lots of heavy, heavy stuff. How many pull-ups can you do now? Uh, we didn't try pull-ups, actually, okay. this time around. But I think I did smash my goal earlier in the year. Yes, what's your goal, Ben? Well, <laughs> it doesn't sound super impressive, but just so you know, it really fucking is. Uh, ten. <laughs> nice. Do you do it with your hands facing away from you or facing uh, towards you? My hands facing towards me. And so my hands are like right up above my, like really far away from my body. As far away from my body as I possibly could be. So you're lifting like when you're fully extended. So, so you did 10, 10 at full extension. Yeah. That is horrible. Yeah. yeah. That, that is, is awful. <laughs> yeah. But awesome. High fives. Thanks, mate. Actual high five sound. Totally. <laughs> Perfect. Um, where's your body at, Mike? Where's my body at? So basically, um, this sounds real flash, but my mate got a hot tub because someone was about to put it in the bin and he said, what? hold up, hold up. <laughs> like a huge bin, obviously. 
Um, and he's um, adopted it and installed it at his house. So we've just been lurking in this hot tub. Um, he's been learning lots about science and making the making the water not funky. My wife likes to refer to it as the hep tub. Oh. She's not getting in. She's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I trust um, her. Uh, so yeah, I've been lurking in the hot tub. I was in there last night until like half ten, and it's outside, you know, under the stars with a view. It's lovely. But anyway, the body part of it, because it sounds like I'm just humble bragging, um, hijacking my friend's hot tub. But here's the thing: the body thing about it, lurking around there in my in my swim shorts, you know, mm-hmm. with lads, mm-hmm. uh, and it made me think about how little team sports I'd ever done. So I've never Whoa. done the, which is, I, I know, right? It's a bit of a tenuous team sport. There was yeah. no, but right, so I'd never done the, I've never done yeah, the yeah. rugby thing or the football thing, you know, with the showers and the whipping with the towels and the, you know, dicks mm. everywhere. <laughs> I've never ever done that. So I was just, the reason I was thinking of it, because I was reasonably self-conscious, you know. Um, is everyone naked in there? No, no. It's, uh, we've all got shorts on. Yeah. There are, I mean, nakedness happens in that hot tub. Mm. I've I've heard, but my wife is very much. She's not. She's less worried about the hepatitis than she is about the nakedness. She's but just like no, the- not for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just made me. I was conscious of my body, and my you oh, know my my increasing right. dad bod and the lack of mm. chin ups that I've been doing. Now, the reference to team sports and that. Do you think because you haven't been around m- males? Probably. Yeah. I just haven't been around. I spend very little time around naked men Mm. (laughs) as a general rule. It's interesting. Not that we were naked just as well. I was hanging out with your wife the other day. We were all hanging out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about our body stuff. Yeah, Yeah. you were there. And Laura was talking about how infinite the variety of bodies is. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting too because we have this huge pressure sometimes or feelings of how we should kind of fit in. But, oh, my God, variety, infiniteness of the body. It's a real yeah. thing. And no one, just to be clear, no one made me feel ashamed yeah. of my body or said anything or implied like, anything. It's <laughs> like, what is that, Mike? Did you just feel a weird sense of pressure or something? Yeah, there was some yeah. sense, there was something. Yeah. But do you think good that has friends to, of mine as well, so. Do, do you think that has to do with the lack of team sports or just a general societal pressure to be a certain way? Because yeah, oh. it's like the oh. jump from like hot tub to team sports for me. <laughs> yeah, it was just like just made me think. <laughs> I guess they're connected in some ways because I think what you're saying is like two things happening here, which is maybe you've not been around like heaps of male bodies. Not really. You know, and especially maybe in a hot tub or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a sports bath. And then you also got this other thing of like <sighs> body image, ideals, things, pressure, society going on. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. There's The combo is always an option. And they're all swimming around this hot tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally just in the, in, the, in the soup of my own making. And, oh, and whoa, baby. The sort of... The <laughs> it's, it's a lovely, clean hot tub. My friend you, has become the quite the expert on um, setting the levels and everything. It's become quite an obsession. I recall you did actually describe it to me as a little bit green. That Well, that was once. <laughs> After a 
a lot of visits. A lot of bodies were through it one day. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> I can just imagine this like slimy slide of like people going like uh, in and out. No, it's lovely and it's very well looked after and oh, maintained. Good. good. That's what we like to hear. You've got to look after these things if you're going to dip your body in it. Who are you talking to today, Sarah? I'm talking to Sonia Renee Taylor. Uh, off of the book, The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. The author, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and she also wrote an amazing book um, about puberty as well called Celebrate Your Body. Woo! And it's changes too. The yeah, ultimate puberty for book girls, for girls. Right? Yes. That's right. That's yeah, so yeah. cool. Quick boring bit of admin. I'm not actually in this episode uh, after this point because of a really boring story that I don't need to go into. But hey, there we are. We missed you. We did. Hello, it's me, it's Mike. Um, sorry for interrupting the podcast. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I hope you're enjoying it, though, genuinely. Um, by now, you know that um, we're here to celebrate all bodies because all bodies are cool bodies. You, <laughs> you can help us spread this message <laughs> and activate real change by donating to us. Your donation will help us create a second season of Cool Bodies Club. Just imagine oh my gosh, more of this noise and expand our plans for general world domination. So head on over to coolbodies.club slash donate okay say it again say it again cool bodies club wait cool bodies dot club slash donate yeah okay back to the podcast hi i am sonia renee taylor um i am the founder and radical executive officer of the body is not an apology we are a digital media and education company um, committed to radical self-love uh, as the foundational tool for social justice and global transformation. I'm also an author and an activist and a serious macaroni and cheese maker and a lover of a Yorkshire terrier named Anastasia Duchess. <laughs> oh my God, cute. Do you know what? I've actually seen your little dog because um, I saw you talk at the Word Festival in Christchurch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and it, Anastasia, she was with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So freaking cute. Like, thank you. That's she's, she knows it is the problem. She's very clear. She's adorable. <laughs> she's pretty irresistible, I have to say. Yeah. Um, so, do you take her around with you a wee bit? Yeah. Generally, um, she's 11 years old, and I've had her since she was eight weeks. So. We, you know, we made the journey all the way to um, Aotearoa, so yeah. <laughs> That's so special. I love having yeah, animal friends. <laughs> yes, she's, she's kind of my life partner. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. So we're here today to talk about bodies, and I feel like this is a bit of a funny question to ask you, actually, because your book is mostly about deconstructing a lot of myths or unraveling a lot of myths that we've been taught about bodies. But the question is, what is one lie you have been told about having a body? I think the biggest lie that I've been told about having a body is that there is a wrong way to have a body, right? That there is somehow... Um, and, and that very specific quote, there's no wrong way to have a body, comes from um, an awesome uh, activist out of New York named Glenn Marla. But I think that it really just sums up like the sort of entire mythology about bodies. The idea that there are wrong bodies and right bodies, as if like... Like, <laughs> as in, right, I'm like, as that just doesn't make any sense. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> no. Like, you, you get a body and it yeah. does what it does. Like, you, yeah. you get a body and it will 
have awesome things about it and it'll have some not great things about it. And is if the body allows you to like be alive on the planet and do the things you need to do as a human being, then it's a cool body. Great. It's totally. the body. <laughs> you know, it's like in some ways it's the, like, you know, like the idea of having bad socks, like, <laughs> Are are they are they on your feet and in place and are they keeping your feet warm? Then they're fine socks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know it's kind of bonkers. And when you, I think, when you really start to think about it as well, you just like. For me, I had this moment of almost like I think grief. I think when I started to mm. really look at these systems and go, "Oh my god, they're all big giant myths and lies," and it's mm-hmm. like, oh. Like that is so sad. It's it's such a sad well, and it's it's sad because we really believe it, right? And because we we've structured our lives on top of those myths, right? Like if the myth that thin bodies are better bodies is not true, then the years that I have spent trying to get thin were wasted years, yeah. right? And like what a what an uncomfortable thing to contend with the amount of time and energy and money we have given away to a lie yeah and also I think another concept for me that I've been like grappling with quite a lot recently as well is when you have a system that essentially oppresses uh, a group of people like these systems that around bodies mm-hmm. what we also what also inherently happens in that scenario is that someone's value like someone can't fulfill their full value under that system. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like you can't reach, like because you're capped, you know, um, yeah. in, in a way. I mean, I know we can break through these systems, but it, it feels like, yeah, there's this, that, that force is so powerful that I wonder how much yeah. we miss out on, you know? I wonder how much we Absolutely. miss out on. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that we don't, you know, like – I like to say that oppression oppresses everyone, including the oppressor, because no one gets to live in in the fullness of their human capability um, under systems of oppression. Like being engaged in oppression steals pieces of your humanity. You know, like, so if you're someone who is oppressing someone, there is a part of you that is lost in that system, right? And if you're a person being oppressed, there is the constant, you know, there are, I um, was on tour with my uh, my uh, bestie uh, in Australia um, a couple of years ago, and we were there with a, a friend who brought us out to perform. And we were sitting at this gorgeous restaurant, like drinking cocktails and overlooking the Blue Mountains or something ridiculously yeah. beautiful. And uh, <laughs> and we were having this conversation, and it was like, what would you be doing? if there was no oppression in the world, like what would, you know, because one, like my entire life is kind of built around the reality that there's oppression in the world. And so everything I do, you know, is all about like trying to dismantle that. So right now, like if oppression stopped tomorrow, I would have to find a new gig, (laughs) which, you know, I'm down for, but (laughs) (laughs) um, there was just this moment of being in the imagination of what would be. And I was like, you know what? I think I would collect rare roses. And like, you know, and I was like, I think I'd study birds. And I think, you know, I think I'd be doing something really beautiful and amazing that oppression doesn't leave time to do Mm -hmm. now, you know. And so I think that's true for a lot of folks. Yeah, I really feel you on that front. And sometimes I feel like I have even like a little bit of a complicated relationship with 
the fact that I have been so pushed to need to have these conversations or address these issues because I'm like, oh, the only reason I'm needing to do this is because something needs to change. And, you know, when you've already lived a life where you feel those systems of oppression on the daily or whatever, um, it's kind of like there's a certain frustration that comes with that I think too where it's like you know I'm I'm doing this and it and that feels right to me but also I'm doing in response to lots of things that don't feel that nice yes absolutely Mm -hmm. and I think it's one of the reasons why in conversations about oppression and um like when you know people are like I would listen if you would just be nicer and I'm just like guess what people are really angry (laughs) and it's a really fair response to decades Mm. centuries of oppression anger is an appropriate response to centuries of oppression and so if people aren't super patient with you as you finally awaken to the ways in which you may have been causing them harm you might need to practice a little patience in that space you know i think it's this thing to keep reminding people that like the way i talk about it is all of us at some point have to get on the train Mm -hmm. um, that interrupts our privilege. All of us will have to get on the train um, so that we can get to where we're going. But there are people who've been on that train for a really long time and they're Mm -hmm. frustrated because the train hasn't been able to move because they've been waiting on you. (laughs) Now you're on the train. Right. And so, And the train is crowded. So when you get on the train, you're going to step on someone's foot. You need to hold space for people to say, ouch. The people on the train need to try to scoot down so that the journey can continue. And everybody's going to have to make some concessions if we actually want to get to the world we say we want. That's a really, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's a great way of putting it. So a bit of like a, a harder question, which is, have you had any difficult experiences relating to your body that you'd like to share with us and then how you manage working through that? I mean, that's a really, it feels like a really big giant question because I think, you know, you know, I'm like, I'm a fat, black, bald, queer woman <laughs> in New Zealand. So yes, there's a whole host of, yeah. <laughs> of potential yeah. um, that I've had to navigate. Yeah, sure. um, I mean, I think what is the most true is that every, all of the work that I do as it relates to the body is not an apology started with me. It started with me grappling with my own identity, grappling with my mm-hmm. own issues around my body, and then starting to see connections for myself that I thought were like, oh, this can't just be me. So yeah. let me share it in the larger world because it can't just be me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the sort of, one of the biggest sort of areas of body shame that um, I struggled with when I first started the body is not an apology, um, was I had really significant hair shame. Um, I grew up uh, with a mother who braided my hair very tightly when I was a young girl. And so she um, permanently damaged the hair follicles on the side of my hair, um, which is called traction alopecia. Yeah. And, um, and so I got teased unmercifully. It was a really, really it was bad. And mm-hmm. I spent years really working, trying to hide that shame, trying to, um, you know, trying to deflect it. I wore wigs for years and years and years. And I realized, I guess maybe about six months after, um, after the first time we started the Facebook page that I was like, I 
tell people to wake up and love themselves unapologetically every day. And then I put on this wig to go do whatever it is that I have to do. And I put it on because I don't feel unapologetic because I feel a Mm. deep sense of shame. Mm. And I don't think that I can, you know, with any sense of integrity, keep growing this movement while being dishonest about the places, you know, where I'm not doing the work. And so I was like, I'm going to have to do something really drastic to get out of this hair shame. Uh, And so my question was, what's the scariest thing I could do to address it? Um, And I was the scariest thing I could do is be bald in the world because the entirety of my belief is that my hair makes me beautiful. And because I don't have gray hair, I'm ugly. And so if I don't have any hair, then I'm certainly ugly. (laughs) And so that's the biggest fear. What can I, well, the only way to tackle a biggest fear is to tackle a biggest fear, to go do the thing you're afraid of and see if it's true. Um, And so I decided that I was going to go bald for 30 days and challenge this big belief. Um, But I also knew that, you know, for me, one of the things that really helps me do this work is not doing it in isolation. Um, I'm pretty much will do anything I'm scared of if I can convince somebody else to do it with me. Uh, and so, so I just thought I started an entire project. I call it the Ruckus Project. I did, um, which stands for Radically Unapologetic Healing Challenge for us, which is a 30-day healing challenge. Um, I invited other people to do their own ruckuses. I video recorded the entire 30 days. Um, and through that process of tackling that big fear, doing it in community, um, and just really letting myself let go of that shame by having to just address it head on. Um, you know, it really did work, uh, and it really did transform the way that I understood myself. And that was eight years ago. I've not grown my hair back since because (laughs) because <laughs> hair is overrated <laughs> I love it um, I like what you said about bringing people in you know yeah 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 we can't do it alone you know like I really the isolation is how oppression thrives Ugh, by making us yeah. feel disconnected yeah. by making us feel like we're all alone in it by making us feel like it's a doggy dog world and individualism and all of those things are part of a system that hasn't served us So the system that I'm, you know, so again, for me, it's like, well, what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is community and vulnerability. Well, then that's what I'm going to practice because I think that that's, you know, that must be the direction we need to go since that way we're going isn't working. Yeah. So in your book, you talk a lot about uh, being an ally. I usually talk more about being in solidarity. Okay. You know, can you talk about some of the ways that we as humans can be in solidarity with others? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the sort of first step of solidarity is recognizing that our fates are interconnected. Um, You know, it's part of the reason why I use solidarity rather than allyship. Allyship has this idea of like, I want to help you do the thing you're doing. Right. And I'm like, I don't want you to help me do the thing I'm doing. (laughs) Like, you know, like like racism is my problem. You want to help me with. Uh, No, (laughs) you know, like, if you know, and so I think that what I rather see is someone who says racism has a detrimental impact on me, that the structure of white supremacy in the world has a detrimental impact on me as a white person. And so I am invested alongside people of color in dismantling that harmful system. Yeah. That's solidarity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that the best ways that we can be in solidarity with um, with communities 
that are outside of our own, is to begin to first recognize where we hold privilege. Mm. Because where we hold privilege is where we cause harm. Because there can't be privilege without harm. Because privilege automatically says, I gave you something that I'm not giving somebody else, which means that other people are hurting, <laughs> right? Mm. It means that they are not getting what they need, which means that your privilege is harmful. And so the first thing is to, to awaken, to awaken ourselves to the ways in which we are the default body, which I talk about in the book, yeah. default bodies, the body that we just assume is the normal body, air quotes, right? And so recognizing that. So for me, as a cisgendered woman, I am the default of gender identity, right? That when people think of woman, they think of certain body parts, they think of all of these things that are true about my body. And so what that helps me notice is, well, if I'm the default body, then how are they treating the bodies that aren't default body? Like if, if I get these things, then that means these people aren't getting those things. So now my job is to say, how do I leverage my privilege to help people get the things that they are supposed to have? Yeah. And um, and I think this is the part that makes people uncomfortable. And what do I need to give up that is more than I'm supposed to have? You know, and I think that that's the place where people get really uncomfortable because it does mean you have to give up something because it's not equal, because it's not equitable, because you weren't supposed to have it to begin with. <laughs> yes. And so I think that that's the place where folks, you know, get, that's where it gets complicated. But I really, I really feel like that's where we can start to make changes saying, where are my spaces of privilege how do I leverage my privilege to get people what it is that they should have? And what are the things that I am holding on to um, from my privilege that I need to be willing to relinquish? One thing I've noticed about the privilege thing is how difficult it seems for people who are in a position of privilege to recognize that that is the space that they're in. Yeah, well, it's because we don't think about other people's bodies. We don't think about other people, right? <laughs> and so... It doesn't occur to us that we're in privilege because other people's lives don't occur to us. And so for me, the work is to, you know, when I go into, when I go and give a speech um, in some place, um, the first thing I say is who is not in the room? Look around and in what ways does the room look just like you? Either through the lens of gender or age or race or physical ability. In what ways does the room look just like you? Mm -hmm. Now think about those people who aren't that that's who should be here, who's not. And that's how we raise to consciousness outside of our outside of our own privilege. But in order to see our privilege, we've got to actually think about other people beside ourselves. We've got to stop seeing ourselves as the default. Yeah. I Sometimes I, I think about, you know, there's been points in my life where I felt deeply frustrated, I guess, by the inability to connect the dots on that, you know, like, yeah, a, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there are ways we can be, pra I mean, you know, I think there are practical, silly ways. A make a list, write down racial identities, yeah, physical ability, <laughs> yeah, genders, yeah, all the things, right? And the top of the list is all the things that you are. And then all, what are all the other things that you can think of that are possible while recognizing that you still have the shortest list in the world, you're missing all kinds of folks. But at least you begin to physically see there are other people in the world mm -hmm. <laughs> who move differently, who have different needs, who speak different languages, who have different customs, who have different bodies than I do. And thinking about those people, thinking about their experiences, asking 
asking, they're reading books about their experiences, looking up stuff, inviting yourself out of your own world and into the world of others. I think it's the only way as a, as a human, as humans, we can really move forward. I mean, when we're all putting these limitations and these systems in place and oppression, it's like we're literally stuck. Like, I mean, it's like the analogy of the train. We're stuck, you know? Yeah. 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 Can't go anywhere. You can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. So this next question is, uh, what is a, a cool thing about being in, in your body, being you? Mm-hmm. I love that my body takes up the space that it takes up and that, and I love that I now I'm in a place where I don't mind that at all, but yeah. I actually love it. Yeah. Um, and I love that because I'm so committed to being unapologetically in my body, yeah. it physically impacts the spaces that I'm in. It's really weird. Like so I used to wonder, I was like, why are people always staring at me? Like, I booger. And then I, you know, and then, you know, I've said that several times and several people have said, it's the way you move through a space. Like you are okay in yourself. And I recognize that we live in a world where we're not taught to be okay in ourselves. And so when people see that, they are drawn to it and kind of mind blown about it and, and excited, but also afraid, or maybe, you know, like for some people that's really repelling because they're they have so much stuff around being seen um but i i love that i love that i love that i am so in me that it that it materially impacts the spaces that i'm in it's yummy and some days i feel like i'm like i feel seven feet tall like like some days it feels like that like i feel ginormous yeah but like like, but like the planet, like the ocean is ginormous, yeah. you know, like that, that kind of depth and width. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we, we're infinite, aren't we? Of like who we are, we are and what infinite. we can be, you know? Exactly. And that's, and I think that's the thing that's important is like, that's not some special thing Sonya has, right? Mm. Like, it's not like there's some specific thing about me. No, it is that I've just tapped into what it is we all are, which is radical self-love. Yeah. Right. And I tapped into my radical self love enough that people see it. Yeah. You know, the next question I was about to ask you was, um, what are you most proud of as, as a person? And I, I'm like, man, like you should be quite proud of that. Like, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, I think that it, it's, uh, it's related to that, but it's not exactly that is that, um, I think I'm most proud that I actually really believe this, you know, that like I really believe in the power of radical self-love and I believe in the power of radical love to transform human beings. And, um, and I live it. I live, I live it when it's really hard and some days it's really hard. (laughs) Someone like stole, somebody tried to steal my car this weekend. Um, and they pulled the entire panel under the steering wheel out and all the wires and they broke my arm. And then there's just like my car I've had for like six months. I'm a new car. Oh, I'm um, sorry to and hear I that. wasn't feeling very radically loving in the moment. <laughs> I, <really laughs> think, I felt, you know, like some vengeful Scorpio fire. Uh, Holy shit. Know, That's all I can say to that. You're right. <laughs> uh, I was like, I want bad things to happen yeah. to them. And then I just kind of like had to gather myself. And I was like, I don't want bad things to happen to them. I want whatever it is that is lacking in them that made them be so reckless 
and caused harm to others, I yeah. want whatever that is healed. Yeah, That's what I want. Um, and so, yeah, I feel really proud that even when I don't start off at that place, I'm able to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly inch your way closer and closer exactly. to that space. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's awesome. How you going? You good? good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, good. Thanks, oh. For, thanks for the juicy questions. Ah, no worries. <laughs> thanks for the juicy answers. All right. I'm just going to go with you, <laughs> Into the bin. Okay, so our next segment is called Into the Bin, where you tell us a word that you would just like to see disposed of. Um, I think I'm tossing the word butt into the bin. <laughs> not like, not like, oh, yeah. I like butts, not yeah. booties, but I, I like yeah. those. But, but. Because, first, like, because it is a word of negation, because mm. it's like, Hey, I said a thing. Now scratch everything I just said because <laughs> I'm only going to say the thing. And it's such a silly, like, and and because I think that but is a word that so often disqualifies nuance, right? The reality mm. is we're not really but human beings. We're and human beings, mm. right? Because we are often this and this at the same time and that, right? Mm. And we we like to think that we're this, you know, or that, right? That like, you know, I, I mean, I would never do that, but you do you, right? It's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe you. Um, and so I think that but is sort of like the foundation of comparison. Um, and comparison is just such an act of self-harm. I think that but make, pushes us into um just really small boxes about the way that we can the way that humans are in the world um and that we are complicated and messy and nuanced and layered and that that's almost always an and situation and not a but situation is it kind of like if i was saying i'm awesome but i have this little thing like you know that sort of exactly exactly of yeah you know Mm -hmm. using the word but is it kind of like using just in an email you know I'm just getting in touch. It sort of brings it down, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's padding or like oh, I suppose that's kind of different because that just is padding, but but is a differentiation. Like it, it. But both of them are. I think both of them are about minimization. Both of them are about shrinking a thing, right? So I'm just makes look. I'm saying a thing, but it's small. Don't don't put too much weight on it, or <laughs> right, or I'm good. But but not as good as you know as as I could be you know and so there's this it's a shrinking it's a it's a, a reduction, um, and I think that it and it's oftentimes too I hear people do it all the time like in relationships it's like you look amazing in that but I would look awful right like uh, could yeah. you just, you know right so there are these ways in which we use it to whittle ourselves down, um, and. Uh, and I, yeah, and I just think it's like when I go when I go to say but, I just stop. And I'm like, yeah, usually because, you're right, hold <laughs> it. And oftentimes I'm just holding it because two things can be true at the same time. And so I don't actually need the but. <laughs> it is this and this. Is that sort of an intersectional feminist idea, getting rid of the but? Because I am all of these many facets. Is that, does that sort of play into... You wanting to remove the butt? <laughs> um, I, 
definitely think so. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I certainly am not positing it as, you know, like some theoretical framework intersectional feminists around the world are using. That's not what I'm proposing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it will be now. But um, <laughs> for me, I think that, yes, part of intersectionality is understanding that there are multiple angles, right? Intersections at which we all live, um, intersections at which we experience our own identities, intersections at the ways in which the world experiences our identities. Um, and the word but often keeps us from being able to see the fullness of those intersections, right? It shrinks, it just shrinks things. It minimizes and reduces. And I'm just, I'm against anything at this point. Not, I'm, I'm interested in nothing that tells me I need to be smaller, including the word but. Yes. So it's like instead of saying the word but, would you say people just need to stop there? Don't say but. Yeah. When you, when you go to hear but, just stop. Let let your first thought be a complete sentence. Mm. And oftentimes when you don't say but, you can hear the thing you are about to say next as some bullshit. Like, oh, I was about to say some bullshit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so when you just stop and don't put the butt, you actually have to think about the next thing. Mm. And then you can actually be in integrity about whether or not yeah. it's aligned with where you really want to be speaking about your life. It definitely feels like the butt thing is like a response to like learned messages that you're sort of meant Absolutely. to have. You know, it's Absolutely. Like really you're actively participating in that narrative that's that's actually harmful to you when you when you exactly. do that mm. yeah new zealanders are very modest i don't know if you've um <laughs> if i you've know all about the tall poppy syndrome and the whole thing <laughs> i feel like i've been sitting here specifically to interrupt yeah. Thank you. yeah it's something i've definitely noticed about being a kiwi it's like oh but i find it excruciating yeah it is excruciating yeah yeah, it's, anyway. it's compacting, right? Like it's, it's, it's. I, if, I feel like, and I mean, it feels this way energetically, yeah. even under the ground, that it is a country of people wanting to burst forth. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. You know, it's just like, oh, we're so contained and we're so tired of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we're at the bottom of the world, so we just like. Oh. I, I think just, yeah, there's this this desire to like mm. actually be allowed to be fully self-expressed. Yeah. and fully in ourselves and and the distinction between being fully in ourselves doesn't mean arrogance doesn't mean you know doesn't mean i'm fully in myself which means that you have to i consider you smaller right because all of those things are, are um scarcity mentalities there yeah. there is it's not a there isn't enough room for me to be in my full self and you to be in your full self so both of us have to shrink ourselves mm. and i'm proposing that there's no such thing as too much light mm. right and so i get to be in my full shine and you get to be in your full shine and then we just have a world that's brighter i'm here yeah. for that Mm, I am so here for that. Like, I freaking so here for it. High fives all around. Yeah, high five to you. <laughs> Virtual high five. <laughs> yeah, and I guess when you take, because when we can exist in our full shine as well, like when you're super shining, you don't need to do a compare and contrast, you know? You don't need to you do don't. those systems anymore. Um, nope. That just melts away, I think. Exactly. Mm. Hierarchy becomes not necessary. Yeah. You know, like that's what's magical to me about this idea of radical self-love is that when I am self-generating, hmm. I don't need other people to be less than for me yeah. to be enough. 
Yeah, totally. Right? And so then the whole system yeah. falls. The whole system doesn't have anything to stand on it. Yeah. Do you think when people feel threatened of somebody's shine, you, you might have talked about this in the interview, but that's part of they um, are lacking in their self-love? Like, or they, or they don't want to take up space or they feel their space is, has been impacted? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that any... I, I mean, I believe that any time someone is, like, um, bothered by someone else's being in a way that is not harming or impacting them, right? Like <laughs> their being done is not harming or impacting me. If I have some sort of adverse response to that, it is more than likely a conditioning into a system of body terrorism and mm. body hierarchy. Yeah. It is about it is about not being able to to be enough if this person is this good. Right. Like, oh, because if, yeah. if I've decided that the hierarchy is true, when somebody's shining, then that must mean I'm below them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Right. And so well, and, and where is that not indicting to feel less than someone? Right. Yeah. Um, and so many of the systems of oppression that we live in are rooted in that idea that I need bodies that are lesser than me in order for me to be valuable. It's capitalism at its finest. It's so, and that is exactly capitalism at its finest. It's yeah. so strange. Absolutely. Like the way that humans need to do this categorizing in such really binary and like, like boxed in ways. It's like, what is with that? <laughs> it's just so strange. Well, some of it, you know, like some of it is evolutionary. And I talk about this mm, in the book a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah. Like some of it is evolutionary. You used to have small clans of families and yeah. somebody in their aunt, there was limited food. Mm. Like if I, killed yeah, the, yeah. if I killed a wild boar, they needed to feed all my people. If yeah, you came sure. over here and stole my wild boar, now my family starves and we die. Mm. There are some things on the line, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. But we don't live in that world anymore. Right? Nope, <laughs> so, we don't. <laughs> and the problem is that we've we've established different kinds of resources on those same premises and instincts. So that's really what capitalism is, right? It's like, how do I hoard the money, right? Now it's not the wild boar anymore, it's the money, right? And then, well, now that there's this entire sort of economic system, we need to be able to limit who can have access to it. So then we create these other systems like racism that puts those people out or like um, hetero, you know, heterosexism, which then excludes those people. So that this view of this, because capitalism is inherently rooted in scarcity, right, that you have to have a limited market, then we are all governed by how do I get my piece of that tiny pie? I offer that all of that is a mythology, like we were talking about earlier, you know, that it's rooted. The reality is we have enough resource on this planet for every single human to be fed and sheltered and taken care of. We have enough to make sure that there is not one hungry body on this entire planet. And we choose not to because we have not outdone that scarcity model, which then puts us in this hierarchical system. But that's, but, you know, like, I really believe that, like, you know, I say in my workshops, like, okay, now that I've told you all about the system of body terrorism and all this horrible stuff, like, and everybody feels angry and mad, what do we do? The answer, radically love yourself. Stop saying but. Absolutely. Stop participating in the hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turn it here and, and divest here first and then watch the way all of that 
begins to crumble the foundations of those other systems. Yeah. Hey, Sonia, I'm just wondering whether it might be worthwhile giving us a definition of radical self-love. Absolutely, sure. So um, we pull the definition of radical self-love quite literally from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> quite literal. Um, and so... Uh, the dictionary describes radical as having five definitions. One being um, uh, going to the root or foundation of a thing. Uh, the second being um, thoroughgoing or extreme. Um, proposing drastic political, economic, and social changes um, found inherently in an item or found inherently in a thing. So root of a foundation, I'm forgetting one. Um, maybe, maybe it's four. I'll see if there's another one. <laughs> we'll go with the four for now. Um, and so I believe uh, that the self-love that I espouse and the self-love that we talk about at The Body is Not an Apology is one, it, we believe it exists inherently in us, that you did not come here with a um, fractured relationship with your body. You've never seen a self-loathing three-year-old, you know, like, yeah. babies yeah. like their toes. They like your farts. They want their elbows. They play in their poop. Everything's awesome. And it's gross, but everything's awesome, right? Uh, and so that's how we all arrived here, inherently fascinated with and in love with our own bodies and the bodies of other people. Mm. Um, and it is through this system of body terrorism and body hierarchy that we've been detached from that inherent knowing. Um going to the root of or the foundation of a thing. Um, I don't believe that we can create the world we say we want on top of anything other than deep sense of self-love. The world we already live on is built on top of self-loathing and scarcity and disconnection. Um, and so if we're not trying to recreate that world, then we need a different foundation. And I absolutely believe just like Martin Luther King Jr. believed, just like Gandhi believed, just like Jesus believed, that love is that foundation. So I'm not saying anything new in that. <laughs> All the other people said it before me. Uh, <laughs> I propose a kind of love that changes systems, that doesn't just change us individually, but changes the economic, political, and social realities that we live in. Because we just talked about capitalism as a system that exists as a byproduct of our belief in scarcity and our disconnection from ourselves and others, right? And so radical self-love changes that system. When we are deeply connected to that, we don't need that system anymore. We don't need that system. And so um, I'm interested in a love that doesn't just change you, but changes the world. Um, and then thoroughgoing and extreme. We live in a thoroughgoing and extreme world as it relates to radical self-hate. <laughs> we live in a world of complete body shame. We live in a world where entire systems profit off of our self-loathing. And so um, what we need is a love that is as extreme as the current system that exists. Uh, yeah. And so that is, though, that is why it must be radical self-love. Mm. <laughs> I love the word radical. Yeah, it's, I it's just too, the right? it's, yeah. it's like electric. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So, so yeah. good. Cool stuff. So um, we would love to hear about something or somebody or a thing that you just absolutely think is the coolest. 
<laughs> All right, so I'm gonna be cheesy. It's gonna be a little bit not like about bodies necessarily. Oh of no, bad. that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my cool stuff right now is my new partner. Yeah. <laughs> yay. yay! That's so nice. Yay, love. Yes. <laughs> yes. My my love, Emma, um, is my is my cool find. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. I might like cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like oh, I, you know i'm like cool stuff. what do i think is cool what's inspiring me what yeah. makes me happy right now it's them awesome yeah. oh that's so lovely love is so epic yeah. like it's cute love is so epic yeah. it is so epic mm-hmm. and I, it's you know it's like i feel like you know i was single for three years and in a really rough relationship before that for a year and a half and so this relationship is like you know i don't know if you all have plants i don't have any i have a couple of plants in this house but i used to have other plants and all my friends are plants Plants these days yeah but if you haven't like watered a plant and it's just like you know and it's like you know like it's like it's living but it's struggling (laughs) and then and then somebody puts some water on it and it's like That's how love feels. It's like somebody poured some water on me. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I have ideas again. I can think. I feel inspired by the world. Yeah. <gasps> That's so awesome. Yeah, love is a cool thing. Yeah. I've um, love is a cool thing. Yeah, I've I recently, love love. I love love. I recently fell in love with someone last year. And I'd been Yay! single for ages. And yeah, it is yep. that feeling. And it's the right person. And they're a good human. And it's just. Um, yes. Yeah, it's invigorating or something. Mm. It is. It's invigorating. It yeah. is. It is. You know, it's nutrients. That's what I was like. I feel mm. nourished. Mm. You yeah. know, and I think you know there are some people who are really wired for like by themselvesness and they do it really well. And I, you know, I it's a drudgery for me. Like I can mm. do it, but it's not my best place. My mm. best place mm. is in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm really happy for you. That's that's so lovely. I think yeah. I might have seen Thank them you. in your Instagram, like in your story. It is highly, <laughs> yes. I've done a little bit of Instagramming of them. I have. I have done that. So it's awesome. <laughs> So cute. Oh, I oh, know. Oh, that's so nice. All right. Really appreciate your time. Thank you all so time. much. Yeah, all right. Bye. Time and energy. See ya. Bye. Bye. Um, Excuse me, all focus on me now. Oh, sorry. No. Thank you for listening to Cool Bodies Club. Again, Thanks. if you love what we do and want to hear more of it. Love what is we do this how this is going to be? Hear more of it. I love a jingo. You know how much I love a jingo. I'm just going to leave you on a vibe. You were rolling with something and I do not want it to stop. But um, please, hey, head over if you like that. I mean, if you like that little sing along, please head over to coolbodies.club slash donate. Hit the button and give us um, whatever you can afford ideally on a monthly basis. That would be be good. Mm, so good. Uh, if you can't give cash, uh, subscribing, leaving a review or telling your friends is also super boss. So that would be cool. Very boss. I'd love to see a review. Don't leave a bad one. No. Just be nice. Oh, like mm. leave whatever you want. That's your mm. feelings. Unless I don't know bad. about that. No, no. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> give us five stars. Five what stars you, or no stars. No. Don't not no, give us don't stars. No, no stars. No. I mean, it's just like. <laughs> These are the worst don't. ideas. Oh, no, I think three and over is great for us. Yeah. <laughs> We're aiming for a solid three. Yeah, we, <laughs> please give us what we want. <laughs> 
Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at Cool Bodies Club, on Twitter at Cool Bodies Club, or by emailing hi at coolbodies.club. And also, we are releasing an episode on the last Monday of the month for six months. Mm. A. A. Oh, hmm. I shouldn't really date it. We are... Uh, Look out for us on that the last was, Monday of each okay, month. Good, that was cool, but I still love you. Thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad that you you are here for me. <laughs> of and course. Hope, and I hope you're here for us you. too, listener. Listener. I think that's... Yeah, we're aiming high, aren't we? <laughs> listener. I'm like that they're actually listening. No, that there's one of them. No, oh, but... <laughs> Thanks, bye. Well, I'd love it bye. if there was one and they were listening. Yeah. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Call that a success. Just mm-hmm. make sure you give us five stars. Oh, it'd be great if they donated too, wouldn't it be? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Thanks. Solid.